listening to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast for Wednesday, December 4th, 2019, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And every day here, we're talking Penn State football. Hi, everybody. My name is Kevin McGuire. I'm your host here on Locked On Nittany Lions, reminding you that we do these episodes every Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. We also have an RSS feed if you prefer to add that to any of your podcasting apps that you may have been using that we haven't mentioned. And of course, we hope that you'll subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. It does help with the feedback and as we try to change the show moving forward, help it make sure it's something that you want to come back to. And of course, spread the word, share it with your friends and family. And the best way to do that is also to leave a review on those various podcasting apps because that will help us with the placement on those various podcasting platforms moving forward. We have a lot to get into in today's episode, but before I get into the rundown, I also want to make sure you're also staying connected with us and being involved in the show by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and giving us a like on Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. As I said, lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. Of course, we'll be reacting to last night's college football playoff rankings, and we'll take a look to see how that impacts Penn State's bowl outlook Going into conference championship weekend, which of course Penn State will be off sitting at home watching all the action just to see how it all unfolds. But it's also award season around college football and the Big Ten unveiled a list of defensive recognitions and awards last night. So we'll run down all of that. And of course, we're now also getting some NFL decisions continuing to be made by some key Penn State players. We'll dig into all that in our opening segment. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of the podcast, and make sure you're sharing it with all your friends and family on all your favorite social media platforms and podcast apps. So here we go, guys. This is award season around college football with a lot of individual awards getting their ballots submitted. I know a lot of Heisman voters, I think, just got their Heisman ballots for this coming award. Uh, I will make it perfectly clear. I'm not a Heisman voter. Maybe I will someday, but I do vote for a number of other individual college football awards. Uh, But these awards that we're going to run down right now, these all come straight from the Big Ten. And the Big Ten does things uh, a little bit differently. They have a coaches set of All-American teams and a media set of All-American teams, or or, sorry, all Big Ten teams, I should say, Uh, not All-American, just all-conference teams. I don't have a say in the media poll. I just want to make that perfectly clear. So I'm just going to run down everything that we saw last night. Now, of course, we got the defensive side and the special teams. I believe later today we're going to get the offensive side. So maybe in tomorrow's episode, we'll run down any offensive players that received any recognition from the Big Ten coaches and or media. But of course, the big news as far as the awards go uh, was Micah Parsons, linebacker, being named the Big Ten Linebacker of the Year. Just the third time that Penn State has had the Big Ten Linebacker of the Year. It's a relatively new award, so I don't want to go too deep into the history of this award, but Micah Parsons is absolutely deserving of it. He continues to get a lot of recognitions for his level of play, and I think uh, going back to the Ohio State game, yes, Penn State lost that game, but Micah Parsons had a big game on the biggest stage in the biggest game of the season, so you got to give him a lot of credit, and he has certainly been a real fun player to watch this season. So Micah Parsons Big Ten Linebacker of the Year. 
He's joining Mike Hall in 2014 and Michael Maldi in 2012 as the only other Penn State players to have won the award. So, you know, for a school that carries a linebacker U uh, slogan around with them, it's nice to see that they finally have one of the better big linebackers, Big Ten linebackers in the conference. So that's an ex- extreme recognition and appreciation for the job that Michael Parsons has been doing. So we'll see if that continues moving forward. So I think the linebacker situation is starting to look pretty good at Penn State right now. So that's something that you typically haven't been able to say as often as you probably would have thought, I think, over the years. But Michael Parsons absolutely deserving of that kind of award. Parsons was also named to the first team All Big Ten by the coaches and the media, I believe. So uh, that's also more appreciation for the kind of level that he has played at this season for Penn State. Uh, being named first team All Big Ten, taking home the linebacker of the year. That's really uh, positive news, I think, for one of Penn State's top defensive players. Speaking of the Penn State's top defensive players, another first team All Big Ten player was defensive end Yator Gross Matos, who of course made headlines yesterday for announcing that he was going to skip his final year of eligibility at Penn State, and he is declaring for the NFL draft. This was kind of be expected. He did not play against Rutgers, and you know maybe that's part of the reason why you want to make sure that these guys are as healthy as possible, obviously. And you know coming off that Ohio State game, a lot of players were banged up, so uh, it, it was. I guess a little bit of a a disappointment not to see him in that Rutgers game, but you totally understand. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be going uh, probably in one of those early rounds in the Big Ten, or I'm sorry, in the NFL draft, and he'll certainly have a chance to really impress the draft scouts once he gets to things like the Combine and the Pro Day, all that stuff that goes on in the spring leading up to the NFL draft. He's going to have plenty of opportunities to show what he can do. And I don't think anybody was really anticipating that he was going to be coming back next season. I sort of had the idea that he was going to be playing his final game or final games at Penn State this season. So not at all a surprising development there. So we'll see where he goes forward in the NFL draft process. But the big news of regarding that decision is he does say he is going to play in the bowl game. So, yeah, we're getting into that time of the year when a lot of players are going to start saying that they're going to be skipping the bowl games, starting to look forward to their NFL future. Haven't really had that problem at Penn State. You know, I think Saquon Barkley was one of the first players that kind of went against the grain for that. And, uh, you know, Yator Gross Mattis, of course. Uh, saying that he is going to play in the bowl game. Uh, That's good news for Penn State because he's certainly one of their better players, (laughs) certainly on the defense. So that's uh, positive news, I think, moving forward. Of course, we'll figure out what bowl game they're going to. We'll talk about that later in this episode as well. Uh, Speaking of the NFL draft, offensive lineman Michael Mennett says that he will be coming back for his senior season. Uh, Of course, uh, Fryermuth, the tight end, of course, uh, previously announced that he was going to be coming back next year as well. So offensively, uh, there are some good pieces coming back on offense next year, and that's a real good positive development because I've always said there's room to grow on this Penn State offense, and having a couple guys come back, especially a senior offensive lineman, your best tight end, that's a good spot to be in going into the spring. But just running down the rest of the the All-Big Ten Conference Awards, and I'm not going to mention whether they're coaches or uh, media. I'm just going to run down the whole list here. Second team All-American, or second team All-Big Ten, defensive end Shaka Tony. Third team All-Big Ten or honorable mentions, defensive tackle Robert Windsor, linebacker Cam Brown, cornerback Tariq Castro-Fields, linebacker Jan Johnson, safety Garrett Taylor, safety Lamont Wade, and cornerback John Reed. As far as special teams, all Big Ten honorable mentions for punter Blake Gilligan, kicker Jake Pinegar, and kick returner K.J. Handler. So 
a lot of good recognition out there for the Penn State defensive side and, of course, the special teams. And like I said, we will find out the offensive All-Big Ten players coming up later today. So we'll talk about that in tomorrow's episode. Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. If you're listening on the go and you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Tuesday night before the conference championship game weekend brought us our final batch of the college football playoff rankings before the ultimate decisions will be made Sunday, determining which four teams are going to play in the playoff and how the rest of the bowl picture is going to look. Now, starting at the top of the college football playoff rankings this week, it's very familiar from last week. The top four remain unchanged. Number one is Ohio State. Number two is LSU. Number three is Clemson. And number four is Georgia. However, with Alabama losing last weekend to Auburn, there was a little bit of a shakeup in how the rankings looked this week. But as far as Penn State is concerned, they are standing pat right at number 10. There's just lots of movement around above them and now below them. So let's take a look at what we're talking about with the latest college football playoff rankings. Like I said, the top four is unchanged. Uh, we'll see how that's going to be impacted this weekend because number two LSU is going to play number four Georgia in the SEC championship game. And we'll talk about this in the bowl picture and the bowl outlook segment coming up next. However, it's very important that SEC title game because we know that one of those teams is going to lose. And the conventional line of thinking is if Georgia is the team that does lose, that opens up the door for somebody in the playoff. A lot of people think that LSU could lose and still be in the playoff. I'm among them. I still think LSU is in a pretty good spot. I think Ohio State's in a good spot. I think Clemson's in a good spot, but I don't know if they want to take that risk against Virginia in the ACC title game. Sitting at number three, it's a little bit of a danger spot, and they don't have any top 25 teams on their schedule this season uh, until this weekend against Virginia. So I don't know if Clemson wants to risk it, but I don't think they're going to have to worry about that either. I think Clemson's going to be uh, just fine this weekend against Virginia. I don't see any way they lose. However, Utah is now sitting at number five. Uh, that's the big team to keep an eye on. I think Utah has looked really good all season long. They've convinced me more and more as the season has progressed that they are worthy of playoff consideration. I'm not going to say they're worthy of a playoff spot. I'm going to say consideration because I don't know if they're as good as the four teams sitting ahead of them. But I'd be okay getting a chance to see if they are. Obviously, they're going to get the first crack this weekend. They get Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. If Utah beats Oregon, then I think Utah is probably going to be in the playoff. But sitting right behind Utah is Oklahoma at number six, followed by Baylor at number seven. So all of a sudden, the Big 12 championship game could be huge. Because even if Utah beats Oregon this weekend, what happens if Oklahoma blows the doors off of Baylor or vice versa? What happens if Baylor blows the doors off of Oklahoma? Or what if they don't even have to blow the doors open? What if they just, whatever team wins the Big 12 championship, what if they all of a sudden are the more formidable foe blocking Utah from a spot in the college football playoff? I think it's very realistic, especially if it's Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma, uh, with a 12-1 record and the Big 12 championship, you pin them up against uh, Utah with a 12-1 record and the Pac-12 championship, which team would you take? I think it's a really good question. I'd probably still go with Utah. 
But I have a fear that brand may matter, and I think Oklahoma would be uh, pretty tough to overcome there. And I think if that that's the situation that it comes down to. Obviously, Oregon can open the door for the Big 12 if they are to beat Utah on Friday night. And you know what? I sort of kind of think that they might. <laughs> so we'll talk about that Thursday in our uh, our weekend preview episode. But you know, that Pac-12 championship game on Friday night could set the stage for quite an interesting Saturday with the rest of the college football conference championship games being determined. But like I said, coming down the rankings, the big question this weekend for Penn State was, first of all, how was Alabama going to be dropped? And where was Penn State going to be compared to, say, Wisconsin and Florida? And again, that's something we're going to get into in the next segment. But the bottom line is Wisconsin's at number eight, Florida's at number nine, Penn State is number 10. Bottom line is this. Penn State picked a bad weekend to have a subpar performance against Rutgers. I think if Penn State blew the doors off of Rutgers, regardless of who was playing, I think that they may still stay ahead of Florida. But Florida just demolished Florida State, who may not be a great team, but they're certainly better than Rutgers. And I think Penn State struggles going into the fourth quarter against Rutgers. Again, say what you will about the, the injuries and the substitutions and all the players that didn't play. It was a bad week to have that kind of performance. And I think that that probably hurt them in these final playoff rankings. So, again, we're not talking about the playoff, but as far as bowl positioning is concerned, this is going to be quite an interesting development here, I think, moving forward here. So there's still some possibilities here. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But Alabama was hit hard. <laughs> Alabama fell to number 12 after their loss to Auburn uh, this weekend. Auburn coming in at number 11. So Alabama is now the lowest ranked they have ever been in the college football playoff rankings. You know that that's going to grind Nick Saban's gears going into next season. And you know, I'm very curious to see how this all plays out for Alabama because all of a sudden Alabama is out of the picture for the Sugar Bowl. They're out of the picture for the Orange Bowl. They may not even be in the picture for the Cotton Bowl. They may be talking about the Citrus Bowl right now, which, hey, if you want to have a Alabama-Michigan Citrus Bowl, sign me up for that. I think that that'd be awesome, but that is the reality of the situation here. Alabama may not even be in the New Year's Six Bowl lineup for the first time in quite some time. And we're talking about going back into the BCS era. I'm going to have to look. I know there was the one year that they played, I think, Michigan State in the Capital One Bowl, I want to say, and they really took it out on the Spartans. But that uh, is a rarity now for Alabama. But that is probably what we're going to be talking about here because they are the one, two, three, four, fifth SEC team ranked in this week's college football playoff ranking. So interesting times at Alabama, but uh, very curious. But that was a big development here. And that was the big question. I was kind of curious to see whether or not the committee was really going to hammer Alabama because they don't have any top 25 wins and they start to look at their record and you, you know, certainly compared to Penn state, they're both 10 and two, but Penn state has those quality wins against teams that this, this committee currently ranks at number 14 with Michigan and number 16 at Iowa. So a couple good wins. And of course, uh, good close wins against or close losses uh, against number one, Ohio state on the road. And Minnesota, which also got hit hard this week by the rank, the committee, Minnesota dropping all the way down to number 18. So maybe that hurt Penn State as well. And I think that's probably unfortunate because I do think that Minnesota is more worthy of a higher ranking than they are. But you know what? You start to look at the teams that are ranked ahead of them. 
They're not going to rank Minnesota ahead of Iowa. Iowa beat them. They're not going to rank them ahead of Wisconsin, obviously, even though they all have the same record. Um, but obviously they are ranked behind Penn State. But then again, it goes back to all those quality wins that Penn State has, has on their schedule. Uh, and Minnesota doesn't. So I was surprised to see Minnesota drop as far as they did. Tells me the committee has no respect for Minnesota. Um, so that was a little bit of a surprising development as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, coming up in our next segment, we'll take a look at what these rankings mean for Penn State's updated bowl outlook. I still think the Rose Bowl is a pretty good possibility here, but I and I still think that the New Year's Six is in the cards here for Penn State. But you can forget about the Orange Bowl because that's not going to happen. Now that we have an updated look at the college football playoff rankings, we can see how the committee is thinking. And now we can start to forecast where Penn State's updated bowl scenarios are looking like. And as I said in the last segment, forget about the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl is now completely out of the picture. And here's why. Okay, as we explained in yesterday's episode, the Orange Bowl has an automatic tie-in with the ACC, whether for the ACC champion or if that ACC champion is in the college football playoff and the Orange Bowl is not a part of the playoff that particular season, the Orange Bowl will get the next highest ranked team from the ACC. Right now, that would be the Virginia Cavaliers who come in this week at number 23. Uh, however, if there's the chance that Virginia falls out of the top 25 after their pending loss to Clemson in the ACC title game, then the Orange Bowl would actually get to pick and choose whichever ACC team it wants to have. But bottom line is they have one ACC team, and that's going to go up against the highest ranked available team from the Big Ten or the SEC or if it qualified, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not going to be in that conversation this year. So it comes down to the highest ranked Big Ten team or the highest ranked SEC team left available to them. But let's play through the, the possibilities real quick. We know that the SEC champion is going to go to the college football playoff, whether that's LSU or Georgia. If Georgia loses, then they're very likely to be going to the Sugar Bowl as the next best team from the SEC because the Sugar Bowl has an automatic tie-in with the SEC. Yeah, the Sugar Bowl usually gets the SEC champion or the next best team available. Uh, so Georgia's probably going to go to the Sugar Bowl if they lose to LSU. Uh, that leaves the next best team available for the Orange Bowl, whether it's from the Big Ten or the SEC. Right now, if Georgia were go to go to the Sugar Bowl and LSU's in the playoff, these current rankings as they stand, that would be Wisconsin. But if Ohio State wins this weekend, then Ohio State's going to the playoff. That leaves the Rose Bowl open. So the Rose Bowl would take the next best Big Ten team. If the rankings hold, even after Wisconsin supposedly loses to Ohio State, then Wisconsin would go to the Rose Bowl. And then the next team in line would go to the Orange Bowl, whether it's from the Big Ten or the SEC. Well, the next team in line would be the Florida Gators. So <laughs> bottom line is Penn State is not going to go to the Orange Bowl unless for whatever reason Penn State jumps Florida while neither team is playing a game this weekend <laughs> and all of a sudden Penn State is now ahead of the Gators. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think the fact that these two teams are not playing, I think Florida is going to stay ahead of Penn State no matter how it all boils down right now. So as far as the Orange Bowl goes, uh, it's either going to be Wisconsin or Florida um, there's no other real possibility, I don't think, at this point. The only thing I could think of is if Georgia does beat 
LSU in the college football or in the SEC championship game. And then Georgia would go to the playoff. And again, I still think LSU would go to the playoff. So, okay. So now we've got two SEC teams in the college football playoff. Well, the Sugar Bowl still needs an SEC team. Well, that would actually be the Florida Gators. So <laughs> there you go. Florida going off to the Orange Bowl. And Wisconsin, if they lose to Ohio State, do they fall below Penn State? It's a possibility. And in that case, Penn State would go to the Rose Bowl because Ohio State will be in the playoff. Uh, and Penn State would be in the Rose Bowl. So that's why I think the Rose Bowl is still very much a possibility here. Uh, if Wisconsin were to beat Ohio State, that changes things because then Wisconsin would go to the Rose Bowl. Ohio State would now be in the mix for the Orange Bowl. And they would probably be the team that would go to the Orange Bowl, given the way that these rankings would hold out. But I, I just think it's going to be difficult to get Penn State into the Orange Bowl. I think it's not impossible, but I don't think it's likely. So I'm going to scratch the Orange Bowl off the list right now. Still think the Rose Bowl is very much in play, but Wisconsin being two spots ahead of Penn State might make it a little bit more difficult. If Ohio State handles Wisconsin, I could see the Badgers dropping below Penn State in the final rankings because Penn State would have been the only team to hang with Ohio State or at least keep the game close as far as the final scores uh, indicate. And we've already seen Ohio State blow the doors off of, not blow the doors off of, but really dominate Wisconsin. If they do it again, I think dropping a three-loss Wisconsin below Penn State, I think is very realistic. But I'd be very curious to see how that all plays out. But bottom line is, I think Penn State going to the Rose Bowl is still very much a possibility here. And even if Penn State doesn't go to the Rose Bowl, I still think a spot in the New Year's Six is on the table here because we still have that Cotton Bowl to rely on. So again, let's run through the teams here and what it takes to get into the Cotton Bowl. First of all, the Cotton Bowl is going to get the highest ranked group of five conference champion. That's either going to be Memphis, Cincinnati, or Boise State. I think it's going to be Memphis, but either way, they get that one spot there. Then the other spot in the Cotton Bowl is an at-large bid. They can take any team as long as they are in the top 12. Well, Penn State's going to be in the top 12. We know that. Alabama's going to be in the top 12, but I don't think they're going to go to the Cotton Bowl. Auburn will be in the top 12. I don't think they'll go there with the three losses. Uh, Florida will be there, but they may be in the Orange Bowl. Wisconsin could be in the top 12, but uh, they could be in... Um, a, well, actually, Wisconsin could be a team to keep an eye on, but I don't think that they would come in ahead of Penn State for the Cotton Bowl. I think the Cotton Bowl would love to get Penn State if their Penn State is an option there. But I'm looking at that Big 12 championship game. And Oklahoma and Baylor both have one loss this year. I think either team would be a fantastic fit for the Cotton Bowl, really based on the geography. Yeah, a Cotton Bowl is right in Big 12 territory. So I think getting Oklahoma or Baylor to play relatively close to home, I think would be a good win for the Cotton Bowl. And if the Cotton Bowl somehow gets a rematch of Oklahoma and Boise State, you know that they would jump at that opportunity if that weren't out there. So again, I'd be very curious. Now we do know, that either Oklahoma or Baylor, it's uh, going to be going to the Sugar Bowl. So if Oklahoma gets into the playoff, Baylor goes to the Sugar Bowl, that Cotton Bowl ability is still there. So I still think there's a good odd that Penn State's going to play in the Rose Bowl or the Cotton Bowl. Um, like I said, I'm eliminating the Orange Bowl. I don't think that that's going to pan out. That does hurt the chances here with the odds, but I do think that there's still a, a very good chance that Penn State's probably going to be going to Pasadena because I do think Ohio State's going to take care of business against Wisconsin. And I think a three-loss Wisconsin would drop a couple spots and fall behind Penn State in the pecking order. 
Since I was recording this late on Tuesday night, there was some breaking news that we didn't get a chance to cover in today's episode. It comes out of USC, and it is looking like USC is going to officially retain Clay Helton as the head coach of the Trojans. So you know what that means. It means we have another year to put off any kind of rumors regarding James Franklin and the USC vacancy. And of course, Urban Meyer is looking like he's going to be staying in the studio for at least one more year out in Los Angeles. So just wanted to throw that in there. Again, we can comment a little bit more on that in tomorrow's episode once we have more feedback and more information about it to cover. Of course, if there are any other NFL decisions or transfer decisions made by any Penn State players, we'll run through those headlines in tomorrow's episode. But we will also take a look at this upcoming weekend around the college football conference championship games and in our usual weekend preview episode. And if we have any other questions to submit for a mailbag, now would be a great time to send in your questions. We'll answer them in tomorrow's episode. So if you have questions about the rankings, the full scenarios, you have questions about the player personnel moving into the bowl season, whatever's on your mind, fire away. And the best way to do that is to send us your questions on Twitter at LockedOnNittany is our Twitter account. You can head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Give us a like there. Share these updates and these episodes with your friends and family. We would greatly appreciate it. And we want to have bring in some more listeners moving forward, even during the offseason. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you never miss a single episode on all your favorite podcasting apps like iTunes and Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. You name it, we're on it. We've got an RSS feed too, so go ahead and subscribe. Leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate the feedback, and it does help with the placement on those various podcasting apps as we continue to try and grow this show moving forward. So that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my national coverage on AthlonSports.com and NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. And, of course, I want to wish you guys a wonderful Wednesday. Come back tomorrow. We'll have a terrific Thursday as we look ahead to our conference championship weekend preview episode. So, again, have a great day. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.